0: Strategic Living with Brian Holmes, episode number 81, Exposing the Rejection Mindset, an interview with my new friend, Mark Jesus.
1: Hi, Dan Miller here, author of 48 Days to the Work You Love. You're listening to my good
0: friend, Brian Holmes, on an important program, Strategic Living. Pay attention. Welcome, everyone, to the program today. My name is Brian Holmes, and you have found the Strategic Living Podcast, where we are all about transforming minds, developing leaders, awakening dreams, activating destinies. Hey, we want to see you healed, your mind renewed and transformed. We want to see you become the man or the woman that God has created you to be. Going to be an exciting and amazing program today. I'm talking to a new friend, but a someone I feel like I've known all my life actually. Mark De Jesus. We're going to be talking about exposing the rejection mindset. I believe it's an important topic and you're going to be blessed and changed by it. So get ready everybody and let's get started. Great to have you on the program today. My name is Brian Holmes. Always a privilege and an honor to have you here on the Strategic Living Podcast. And Man, what a great uh, number of shows we've had back-to-back-to-back to back to back here. And This week, I am so honored and privileged to have on the program with me Mark Jesus, who is uh, someone I just met not too long ago. In fact, he reached out to me, and we had a quick chat on the, the phone or on Skype, and, and just very quickly recognized that we had a lot in common. Mark, just like me, has been involved in vocational ministry uh, for many many years that is church ministry Uh, he's a pastor he's an author he's a speaker a trainer he he's a coach he does all the types of things that we do and we share a lot of the same background and as we discussed and talked about uh, you know what God is doing in each of our lives the progression of things and how we're moving forward we just found so much commonality and going to be a great thing for you to hear from him today specifically talking about his book, Exposing the Rejection Mindset. So right now, let me introduce you to my friend, Mark. Mark, great to have you on the program.
1: Fantastic. Thank you so much, Brian. It's an honor to be here. I just uh, love your show, and I'm so glad to be able to speak with you today.
0: Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I love your show, too. Uh, By the way, Mark is also a prolific podcaster. He is a member of the club and uh, has a great podcast called Transformed You. We'll tell you more about that toward the end of the program. But Mark... Tell us a little bit about you, about your story, who you are, and, and sort of how you came to be Mark Jesus, the guy who's doing what he's doing right
1: now. Well, thanks, Brian. About uh, 10 years ago, I had a major transformation experience in my life and been involved in ministry capacity, as you mentioned, for about 20 years to date. But about 10, 11 years ago, I got to a point in my life where I was struggling with a lot of stuff anxiety, discouragement, depression, panic attacks. I was sick all the time. And I was really in need for some change. And I went to probably everything I could from counselor to therapist to anybody I could talk to to try to get help. And it was through that time and season that God put some key people in my life to really radically change and help me to get off of the negative train track that I was on. And was introduced to some people that had received some own some healing and some transformation in their own life, and God did something really radical. He helped me to real, to see not only the thought patterns that I was listening to and the ways of thinking that were really tormenting me, but understanding where they came from, and also began to understand how those things were affecting my health, my relationships, and an amazing thing began to happen. I I, I started to get a revelation of the love of God, like I never had before. And I grew up in the church. I grew up, I was the poster child for everything that a kid would do to be a good kid growing up. And I didn't realize that I carried a broken heart. I didn't realize that I didn't understand love in its fullness. And God used some people in my life to help me to realize that I had had a broken heart and I began to understand how thoughts affected me, how my broken heart was affecting my life. And a revolution began to open up. And I began to start asking God, I began to start asking God, if it's in your word, if it's if it's in the Bible, if it's there, I want to know it. And it's like a veil came off of my eyes. It's like I, all of a sudden I was reading the scriptures for the first time. And I began to have these amazing encounters where I knew, and I've been serving God for 20 something years, and I, for the first time, began to understand and know the love of the Father. For so many years, I knew about, you know, the love that Christ gave us when he died on the cross, and I knew love theoretically, you know, as, as kind of like theology of something I knew in my mind, but I didn't have it hidden in my heart, I didn't experience it, and it wasn't until this gentleman who came into my life began to minister the heart of the Father over my life and began to speak words over my life. And so as I began to get this revelation of the Father's love, I started to see almost in high definition these key rooted ways of thinking. I call them strongholds, areas that were hindering me from being able to experience that love, to receive that love from God, To be able to love myself, oh man, loving myself was like foreign. It was like never even, I I thought, you know, that, that might be weird. But then how to then love my neighbor as myself that Jesus talked about. And God began to unravel those three areas and began to show me where the enemy had had me all wrapped up in ways of thinking. And I didn't know they were even there. I didn't know that they were even kind of thoughts that I was listening to. And so, one of them, one of those key rooted areas that I began to unravel was this whole thing that I call the rejection mindset. It was a way of thinking that infiltrated my life. It had, you know, I saw it in my family, and I had this dawning on my heart like an awakening of, oh my goodness, this way of thinking has trapped not only me, but millions of people. In keeping them from experiencing love, it's trapping us in patterns, behaviors, relationship struggles that's keeping us from the fullness that God has. So I literally not only went through this renovation, but I stepped out and 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 basically started all over all over, branched out, started a new ministry, which later was founded into a church. I began to just write these materials, began to put together conference teachings. It was like people need transformation, but it has to happen from the inside out. And part of it was dealing with this rejection mindset with people, helping them to understand that, it's not, it's not that there's something wrong with you. It's there's something that's interfering in your thoughts that's keeping you from the love of God that's available in there. So I just, man, we just, my wife and I, we just stepped out and we're like, we're going to help whoever we can, whoever God puts in our pathway, whether it's in our church, whether it's in our community, whether it's uh, through speaking engagements, whether it's through consulting that I do. We just want to help people to understand who they are to know that they are loved, and out of that, to see a greater picture of their destiny. So out of that form, this book, Exposing the Rejection Mindset, where I am looking at this thing from every angle to help you to understand how it works so you can get it out of your life and really let love take shape in your heart and in your relationships.
0: So let's talk about some of the roots of how that seed initially imposes itself on us the whole rejection thing Uh, and and you're working with people over the last number of years what what and in your own life what were the causative factors to where that mindset sort of took hold Uh, what what kinds of things do you see happening in people's lives that that constitute this rejection mindset
1: Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that's very key is understanding the broken heart. When we look at the broken heart, we think of a broken heart as maybe somebody that's like just crying under a bridge in the gutter. They've lost everything. We look at it as a very extreme thing when really I help people to understand a broken heart is the condition that takes place when you should have been loved, uh, could have been loved in certain ways, but weren't. And it leaves a void. And so, when we understand that, we realize really all of us carry a broken heart. Mm -hmm. And this is prime real estate for this rejection mindset to come in. I also see that it it runs in families. You know, people kind of have these patterns that they fall into where when love and acceptance, is not deposited in our hearts in the way that God designed it, then a counterfeit is automatically gonna come in because we all were designed to be loved. We have this bucket in our hearts where love was meant to fill. And if it's not, then then holes begin to take place in this bucket and we're, we're looking for stuff everywhere, but it never fulfills, it never satisfies. And so what rejection then trains us is trains us in a number of different avenues it will cause us to overperform so now i have to i have to do things to please people to please god i have to become driven i have to develop what i call performance mode, where now I have to perform for people. If I do stuff, if I kind of fulfill certain obligations, if I fulfill certain things, then God will love me. People will love me. If I, maybe in this job, I'll feel fulfilled. Maybe in, in, in parenting my kids, I'll feel fulfilled. We're constantly searching now and we get lost in all our roles because we play multiple roles in life. We have many hats that we wear. We get lost and our identity gets lost in those things instead of being firmly rooted in our core identity, which is sons and daughters. Yeah, yeah. As we walk with God, really being firmly rooted in that. Or instead of overcompensating, then we kind of, you know, fall apart. We go into like self-rejection mode, or we go into defeatism, or we get into a, a victim mindset, and we never see the full potential of who we are. So I find that people will struggle. In, in, in either both or they'll go back and forth like a pendulum in those pathways where they feel like they've got to earn it. They got to overperform. They got to overdo. They got the pressures on and all that kind of arena, or they just always feel defeated. They always feel like they get the short end of the stick. They always feel like um, that, you know, that life is just going to happen to them and I can never get ahead. So um, there's a lot of arenas that this can fall into. But it all goes back to some key statements. Am I loved? Who am I? And why am I here? Yeah. Those are questions that we are all built with. You know, it's like, who am I? You know, what's my identity? Does anybody love me? You know, that, that question of, you know, am I loved? We're always asking that and everywhere we go. And really, what's my purpose? And that's kind of, does anybody care? Is, is there is there any meaning to what I'm doing? And I find the rejection mindset really messes with those questions and sends us on a tailspin in our life constantly trying striving earning trying to do whatever we can to find something and then at the end of the day we're never satisfied we're never content
0: what do you see uh, when people get into that cycle that that crazy you know cycle of performing and people pleasing and searching and trying to make something happen and embracing new roles, bigger roles, just to try to feel that sense of significance and acceptance. What what are some of the outcomes of that kind of cycle and behavior? Because to me, I've watched as people have really propelled themselves into almost destruction, certainly into toxic situations where where they get themselves into one ordeal after another ordeal, just because they're trying so hard to, to find acceptance that they're really overcooking it and they're winding up getting themselves into situations that are very painful and if not destructive, what do you see in that, that realm?
1: Yeah, absolutely. What you say is correct. What happens is, is that this monster of this rejection mindset, it doesn't show its toxicity right away. It lures you into what I call this like hamster wheel, where you you perform, you you, you, you get in this performance mode of life, trying to find uh, a sense of well-being, a sense of love in everything that you're doing. Who you are is now what you do rather than who you are in your identity, being what you do, you know, you kind of, it gets reversed, you're looking for your identity and what you're doing in life. And so eventually that um, drains of your resources so you eventually hit burnout. And so when people hit the burnout stage, a lot, of time, a lot of times it's because they haven't lived true into the identity of who God says they are and really knowing that they're loved and being able to walk in a place of rest. So they're always driven, they're always pushing, they're always always striving, so they hit a place of burnout. In the meantime, addictions usually come into play. So they got, you know, they're they're unfulfilled. They could be a CEO of a large company, they could be a pastor of a mega church, they could be um, some, you know, successful person, whatever they're doing. But they're not satisfied at the end of the day. So this becomes a key point for addictions to come in, whether it's you know alcohol, drugs, whether it's pornography, whether it's just um, you know you know obsessive habits or whatever it falls into they're going to look for something then they feel the guilt and shame of having those bad habits or those bad hooks in their life so they they try to recover themselves out of it well, they don't know any other way to heal their life or to get well. So what do they do? They go back into what they know, and that's performance mode. They push the pedal more. They try to do more for God or wherever their grid is, more for people, and they fill their lives. And so this is classic American living now, too, is that we fill our lives with more, and more, 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 more. Meanwhile, we're ignoring the pain. We're ignoring the brokenness. We're ignoring the issues of our life. And meanwhile, our identities are lost. And so, now, not only is what we're doing not fulfilling, but as as that goes, so do we. So as the job goes, so does our sense of well-being. And at the end of the day, we're finding, man, there's nothing in this. There's nothing in this at all. So it's a bad trap that leads us on this long journey that then spits us out later in life where it's almost like we feel like it's almost too late to to pick up the pieces because we've served this way of thinking for decades.
0: So let's turn the corner here. How how does one begin the process of overcoming this mindset and and reprogramming their heart, their mind, their identity to live as the one that God really created them to be. I mean, how how does one begin breaking free from this cycle and this mindset?
1: Well, the first thing I have to do is I have to I have to recognize that I have a need for love. And I need to allow God to fill that place of love, not based on anything I'm doing. I have to confront, and this is what I did. I had to confront the performance-based mindset, the performance-based living, Yes. where I am not going about my day trying to please anyone but God. Now, here's the cool thing, is he's already pleased with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is the thing that he said to <laughs> Jesus. He said, this is my beloved son in whom... I am well pleased. Now, the funny thing is, is when the father said that to him, Jesus hadn't done any ministry yet. He hadn't healed the sick. He hadn't raised the dead. He hadn't done all. He hadn't gone to the cross. He hadn't done any of that stuff. And the father gave his approval right at the beginning. And so in the kingdom of God, approval comes first, not, you know, somewhere over the rainbow. So when we establish that he accepts me and everything I'm doing now today comes out of that acceptance comes out of i'm already approved it now makes life more exciting versus this burden that i'm trying to chip away at something or trying to earn something so i have to recognize okay i i am trying to live in a relationship with god and with people in a way of performance approval pleasing all that kind of stuff If I begin to really kind of renounce that mindset, you know what, I'm not going to serve that way of thinking anymore. I'm going to engage God in a way of understanding He already accepts me because of His Son. He already accepts me in what's happened because of what His Word, as His creation, He accepts me, and because of what Christ did for me, I can be accepted in the Beloved. I now no longer need to live my life for that. Now, it's easier said than done, but I need to place this grid on my life. And so once I began to renounce that performance trap, then it took the pressure off. Now it causes me to slow down and begin to allow God to work on my heart. And as that happens, in the slowing down, I gotta face stuff i got to face the pain where, where maybe you know I wasn't loved properly or maybe I have some wounds that I carry. And living in the rejection mindset, we don't deal with the pain. We just shove it down. We ignore it. We don't make time to deal with brokenness, time to grieve, time to process through some areas in our life that we're struggling with. And I just began to allow room for that. So instead of jumping up and racing off to the day, I began to start every day with just sitting down and just letting God love me. And for me, what that meant was just sitting and reflecting on how much he loves me apart from anything I do or anything I perform in. And a man of God spoke this to me over my life. He said, Mark, who you are is not what you do. but who you are is what you do. And all he did was change the emphasis of the words. Who I am is what I do. So now as a loved child of God, I just go and I just be myself i be who I am in my process and in my journey, good, bad, ugly, weaknesses and strengths. And out of that, God works the greatest and the strongest. So then I don't have this pressure of having to be something or the pressure of having to put up masks in front of people or having to put on a show or having to have the pressure of having it all together. No, in fact, God will actually work the strongest through some of my weak areas. Yeah. And 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 that's something that we don't understand in our culture today because we value strength so much. We value success so much. We make very little room for weakness. And so in doing that, I recognize okay, I, I need God to fill my broken heart and fill me with his love. And it changed the grid now of how I'm looking at my life and my relationships.
0: Amazing. So in your life, as you began to walk out the process of being um, liberated from that mindset and, and breaking free from that, how did that express itself in your life? What, what did that look like? How, how long did it take you? What was the walk like? How did it, how, what was the interface like between you and your wife and your kids during that time of healing, that time of, of freedom?
1: Well my wife and I when I first gained this revelation my wife and I were actually in the dating stage we've been married next okay. year it'll be 10 it'll be 10 years and so we were we were in the dating stage and man she hit the ground running with me cuz she realized man I got this stuff in my own life so what? Some things for me broke off instantaneously, and I and 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 it's kind of our journey with God. You know, it's just how it works. Some things you get it and you get it, and it's just like it, it shifts and change. Other things were continual processes of reworking and rewiring because I I began to see everything through the lens of living as a slave or living as a son. That's how I began to look at the grid. What does it look like to live as a son before my father in heaven? And what does it look like to be a slave? And I lived probably 90% of my Christian life in my journey as a slave. I mean, you know, yeah, God loves me, but everything in my life was a slavery pauper, just trying to get by, surviving Kind of begging God, rather than living from this place as a son. So the shift was okay. What does it look like to be a son in my father's house? Yeah. I'm not a slave. I'm not. I'm not living in the quarters. In 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 you know in the backyard. Uh, I, you know, because a slave's identity is based only on what he or she does. You know, if we look at even like you know the slave living in 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 cultural context, uh, a slave their only connection with the family was really serving the tables, doing stuff. Whereas a son, he sits at the table because he's a son and there's nothing you could change about that. So I had to become, I had to become comfortable with sitting before God and letting him love me. Now, Brian, the thing that was key for me is I had to make my shift in relationships. I had to use, I had to see my interactions with people as rehearsal and practice of my identity. I had to learn to be vulnerable, be okay with weakness, be myself because I would kind of turn on like certain modes that I would you know jump into. I'd have certain uh, things that I would put on, and and it's okay. We all have roles that we're, we're, we're fulfilling. You know, there's certain things that you need to do and and be in certain situations. But I had to let go of the burden of that and really be as authentic as I know to be, and knowing that God loves me. And in that process. God would bring people in my life that were actually healing vessels rather than people I felt I needed to kind of guard and protect myself from. I I just broke through that fear, and I let my relationships be more authentic, and I found that people really loved the real me that the you know performance mark was you know it only went so far it, it's just it it doesn't change lives like i thought it would and so i began to really let this root system be undone of 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 recognizing day to day okay i'm i'm that's that's wow that's a rejection mindset wow i'm 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 looking at this relationship through rejection one of the key ones is we often look at our relationships with people through a rejection lens. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So so we play what I call a rejection ping pong. We have a grid in how we think the person sees us. So when they talk to us, we don't hear what they're saying. We hear a translation of what we think they mean coming from our own grid. So we respond from slavery, from brokenness, rather than from a place of sonship where we can be healing vessels. And this is what creates the strife, the arguments. It's what creates all the games we play play with each other, all the stuff that really just clogs up true exchange with one another. And so I recognize that in my marriage. I recognize what filter am I listening to my wife with? When we got married and the things that kicked up and recognizing, okay, wait a second. Instead of pointing the finger, let me look and go, okay, God, what am I hearing And what wounds are kicking up here that are rejection kind of wounds that are not letting me see her, see what she's saying, or be more engaged at a healthy level in the situation. So it takes the pressure off of other people or other situations. It's like, you know what, God, grow this in me, heal this in me so that I can handle relationships, I can handle people, I can handle my life with a greater confidence coming out of you loving me.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic.
1: Yeah. So tell me a, about
0: tell me about the book. The book is is obviously the chronicle of your story, but then it gets into the step-by-step process where you walk people through how to expose the mindset and then how to get to the root of who they really are in this right. sonship relationship. Tell us about the book and, and what you've seen happen with that book.
1: Well, one day when I was, and this is in the book, one, one day I was sitting in a, a, a church service in the back And uh, the church that I was at at the time happened to be going through a series in the Book of Romans. And I was reading ahead, just kind of like seeing, okay, where are we going in this? And I had this encounter with God right there in the in the back of the auditorium. I looked at Romans chapter eight, and I saw the scripture where it says there that God has given us a spirit of adoption and not bondage again to fear. Mm. And I began to see right there, that's the rejection mindset. That's the, that's the yucky way of thinking that gets into our system that keeps us from seeing true adoption. So I began to look at, my identity, I began to look at what I do, and I began to look at my relationships, and I put this rejection mindset on the grid of all these things. And so the book, is a manual that walks you through chapter by chapter the different facets of how living in slavery, living in this rejection mindset, hinders your life and your journey, and how it keeps you from being firmly rooted in who God says you are, in his love for you. And so I, I chapter by chapter, walk you through how it affects. And so each chapter, it builds on each other, but each chapter also stands on its own. So as you read through it, it can actually be a manual that you look back to because each chapter ends with questions. It ends with a prayer that people can walk through because I know you're like this and I'm like this. I can understand precepts and concepts, but I need an activation. Right. I need some way to experience this because otherwise we we know a bunch of theories, but we never encounter it. Right, so right. I really believe that knowledge, revelation, understanding needs to have experience for it to really um, bring the power that God wants to bring. So I try to... In, and then even in the last chapter, I, I I culminate you know processes, things that people can do, understandings they can practice, things they can begin to facilitate. In fact, this week we're launching, and uh, people can get it on our ministry website, turningheartsministries.org. Uh, there's a whole curriculum that I just finished teaching based on the book as well, where they can process this out in, in audio teaching. Of how to step by step walk through it, and then they can look and go, okay, maybe they're teaching it, and they go, you know, I got this, I got this performance issue. I, man, it's bad. I, I, I can see it because I work with people that this affects them in business arena. Maybe they're in the banking industry, maybe they're a musician, or they're a, a pastor, or or they, uh, you know, work in a cubicle. At all levels, this affects everybody. So. they can look back and go, okay, let me read through that again and kind of let that simmer in my heart to begin to make this shift. Because it's all about putting the grid now in front of your life and going, I'm accepted. I'm his son. I'm his daughter. He loves me. I'm loved. What does life look like now with that new lens? Boy, it takes a lot of the pressure off, a lot of the stress off, and it fills the desire of our heart. So, the book walks through it systematically uh, because that is I, I am I am a process thinker I, I but I, but yet I'm very experiential and I and I and I think it's so valuable that people process through the prayers process through some of the questions that they write down and jot down things God's speaking to them about so that they can reflect on it. Um, we often look at transformation as a destination rather than a continuing journey. God loves the journey of changing us. And if we can get that, it takes the pressure off of having to, you know, arrive. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's something that rejection trains us. It's like rejection trains us that, you know, I need to be changed last week. Last Thursday, I need to be changed (laughs) and over this. And God's going, man, my love is so much bigger than that, and I wanna grow you in relationship. I wanna grow you day to day, whether you're a CEO, whether you are the head of a small group, whether you are a business, whatever you're doing, I wanna grow you day to day in relationship. And so the biggest thing I found is breaking this rejection mindset opened my awareness of relationship with God all day long, rather than some kind of performance, religious mindset. All day, I get to enjoy him. So whether I'm with my kids, with my wife, with somebody I'm helping, whether I'm by myself, I now have been released into enjoying God's love and enjoying the love that he has for me as his kid, because that's who I am. I'm his kid, and I get to live from that identity without the pressure I used to live in for so long.
0: Awesome. So you mentioned a website a moment ago. I want you to mention that one again, but also I know that uh, you are primarily found your blog, your podcast, and most of what you do can be found at markdehesus.com But you mentioned That's the right. other ministry one. Tell me that one again, please.
1: Yes, yeah, markdehesus.com is um is where the podcast is, my writings, uh, you can get all my books there, everything. That's the the platform location for all that. I also have a ministry website that has uh, a lot of teaching curriculums and books. You can get all a lot of the stuff there as well as 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 well as some other materials that uh, our ministry has developed. And that's turningheartsministries.org. You just got to remember the .org at the end. .org. But turningheartsministries.org. And both sites just have tremendous resources that people will be blessed by. Uh, I've got four books I've written. There'll be more on the way. And um, it just really, my desire is to help people know that they're loved and experiencing that, really knowing who they are and getting to the stuff. All my materials are really about Getting to the stuff that hinders people from breaking through. You know, everybody. You know, they, they want to be loved. They want to, you know, feel like they're on their journey of destiny. But it's like, man, I got stuff in the way, and I want to look at those uh, speed bumps. I want to look at those walls, and I want to help people remove them so they can break free in their life and in their journey.
0: Well, this is why you and I get along so well, because uh, man, what a kindred right. spirit! And and gosh, I, I'm so proud of of the work that God's doing in your life, number one, uh, but I'm also proud of the work that you are doing, the 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 feet you're putting to uh, your own processes. As God is healing you and growing you, you are taking that, just as my wife and I do, to a lot of people out there in every sector that need this message, so thank you for that. Man, awesome to have you on the program. This will not be the last time that we do this, and uh, I look forward to our next conversation, man. Thanks again for being here today.
1: It's a privilege, Brian. Thank you so much. God bless you, buddy. Bless you, too. Well, I know that uh, this
0: interview and conversation that Mark and I had today absolutely touched a chord in a lot of people's hearts. We all struggle with this on some level. We all do. And I want so much for you to, to hear the message that there is hope there is a way that's better than functioning in this rejection mindset. I want to see you get to the root of, of your identity struggle that has been birthed in you and, and working in your life for so many years because of rejection. So my prayer for you is that you're healed, that God will speak to you. You can find out so much more about this episode at brianholmes.com forward slash 081. We're going to have all of Mark's links and his information there. So you can connect with him and with this book. Get this book. Get a copy of this book and do it right now. Well, just a couple quick things. I still have one or two openings for uh, you to become a coaching client of mine. If you'd like to have me coach you and help you along in your life and with some of these kinds of issues, I'd be happy to serve you in that way. If you'd like to have a speak at your event, you can find out more about that at brianholmes.com forward slash speaking. I invite you to subscribe to our weekly email updates. Of course, if you've not already done so, subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. And while you're there, rate the podcast, leave us a review. That helps us to get more exposure and get the word out about what we're doing here at the Strategic Living Podcast and at BrianHolmes.com. Well, I trust that what we've shared today has been a blessing to you. And we encourage you to go with it, work with it. Be Transformed. Share this with your friends and all your associates. Until next time, God bless. We'll see you back here next week.